Thanks for tuning in to Sell Like a Woman, the podcast. The place to be to get real. Real about your business, real about your life, and real about what it means to sell like a woman. I'm Kendrick Shope, and things are about to get real in here. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Sell Like a Woman, the podcast where you are in for a horror story vibe today and you're gonna have to stick around to find out what that means but if that's not a hook i don't know what is in the middle of the summer yeah we're going on halloween on you (laughs) it is my honor to have jamie one of the brilliant writers from your hot copy and listen i know that there are a lot of people out there who are amazing copywriters but this is how jamie got my attention just so y'all know Um, We're in a Facebook group together, but that's not how she got my attention. I was literally on Instagram and I kept saying, ooh, who wrote that? Ooh, who wrote that? I kept hearting stuff and I went back and I'm like, it's always your hot copy. So your copy got my attention, my dear. Yay, that makes me so happy. It's true. I was like, oh yes, I agree with that. I agree with that. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's the same people over and over and over. That's when you know you got some good coffee. So you're in for a treat today because we have Jamie from Your Hot Coffee here and we are going to get specific about all the things that she can share that she does to get get my attention with her (laughs) words because that's what it's all about. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so pleased. And I'm so glad that my Instagram feed caught your eye. <laughs> it did. It did. It did. I was like, oh, and, and, and I mean, like lots of times I'll like stuff, but I don't ever see a pattern to it. You're the first person in gosh, five years, I guess, but I've been like, wait, I'm constantly liking their stuff. <laughs> that is the power of good coffee. So let's dive in. Tell me first of all, where are you located? I'm in New York city. I'm in Queens, New York, born and raised. Um, so that no is where way. I'm you're born and raised in Queens. Yep. Like LL Cool J and 50 Cent and... (laughs) I I love it. I love it. You're like a real life around the way girl. Yes! Oh my gosh, that's my favorite song. I literally, I can actually recite like probably if you put that song on for karaoke, I could probably sing the whole thing. So here's a random um, fact that nobody would ever know. Uh, Speaking of which, uh, reciting random uh, rap songs, my daughter and her best friend were in the car and we do this song game when we're driving. So everybody picks a song and they're so sweet. They were picking Phantom Opera and like all this Broadway stuff. And I looked at my husband and I said, you think I can do it? And he's like, you can't do it. So I'm like, we're going to have to like turn down the curse words. So we put on Lose Yourself by Eminem. And I'm like, I'm about to blow your mind. And I start <laughs> just bringing out this, my palms are sweating, knees weak. Oh, I mean, and they were like, I'm a little scared right now. <laughs> so we should just, you know, karaoke sometimes. I'm in whenever you want to. I'm 100% in. I, I can do Jay-Z. I can clearly do some LL Cool J. I love it. Um, we can just bleep the curse words out. But yeah, I'm oh, no, we can rap battle whenever you want. Around, my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I can do Dre and Eminem. That's about a little NWA. That's about it. <laughs> Ooh, that is old school. I like yeah. it. Yeah, New York City is my favorite place in the world, which has nothing to do with coffee, but what's it like to grow up in a borough of New York City? (laughs) I have a few answers to that. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) one is that I think it just makes, I think it makes people really jaded. I think that it's easy to come, like to be from New York and feel 
like, oh my God, New York is the center of the world. And, you know, there, I think it's harder to be like amazed by things when you grow up in the city yeah. because you just ha are exposed to so much as a kid. Um, and, you know, one of the greatest things that I love about growing up in New York is that I had the opportunity to go to arts high school here, which was just, yeah. Yeah. I went to the fame school. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, this is, may not be about copywriting at all. That's okay. I this mean, may just be like a chit chat because I'm so enamored right now. <laughs> if my daughter knew this, she's home. If she knew that, she could be in here right now because she, we're moving. And she said to me, the only way I'm going is if you can find an art school for me to go to. So, oh, yeah. Okay, so tell all like art school. So, like, how do you pick like a. I'm so, I went where there was one high school and we had lots of cows. So do you pick like a concentration or how does that work? Um, yeah, basically you have to audition. So okay. um, I ended up, when I went, I was auditioning for two different studio, I mean arts, I guess they call, I don't know what they call them, concentrations. I guess they call them that. I, what's funny is I went to an individualized study school for my undergrad college degree, my, my bachelor's. So it's, they actually called them concentrations. I don't remember what we called them in high school. Um, but they had visual art, music, theater, theater tech, um, and dance. I don't think I'm forgetting anything. And you, you had to audition to get in. So you had to go do like, I ended up going for studio art. What is studio art? I don't know what that is. So it's like drawing, painting. It's like, okay. it's like more like the classical idea of, of art. Okay. Okay. So I went and it was an, you know, an intensive process of, you know, you, they gave you tests where you had to go draw things or, you know, and then you had to like a lot like a college application where, you know, there was an intensive application process. And then there was like audition day when you went and you had to sit there for like the whole day and do this, all these different exercises and things. And for, for theater as well, it was, you had to go do all these, like all these auditions. It was like a real casting in a lot of ways. So I really like you, but now I kind of hate you. Because you're so you're one of those people that's so damn talented. Like you're I mean obviously you're a genius with words. You went to an art school with you tried you did two, not just I mean you couldn't just have one. I mean seriously like did you grow up in a home that was really centered on the arts or is it just the love or it's a passion that I had and I was, I think I was very encouraged as a kid to, to okay. be pushed into the arts. Like, I don't think I, I mean, I would say that the arts were definitely nurtured in my home more than sports were, you know, yeah. my dad wasn't into sports. So growing up even now, it's weird for me because I bartended for a long time in New York and I was around a lot of football fans and I still don't fully understand football and that's like embarrassing. But if someone wants to go to the Metropolitan Museum of Art with me, I can talk to them about art history and teach them stuff. I want to go. The next time I come, I want to go. Yeah. I'm so, I, anytime. I'm so in. When you come to New York, let's definitely do a museum trip. Oh, my gosh. So, funny story. When I took Halliana to New York for the first time, I actually went up to see Two Market Media. Um, so, her, this weekend, she, her best friend was here. And she's like, so, did she go? It was a long time ago. But she's like, did you go see... Um, Liberty Island, and Helena says, no, and she said, did you go see Ground Zero, and Helena was like, no, and I'm thinking, I'm the worst mom ever, we did um, pizza, we did some art stuff, we, we did a little reality TV filming, but we didn't see any of the traditional New York stuff, so I had to take her back and show her met and you know see some shows and stuff like that, so um, I love this, oh my gosh, I love this, so uh, have you ever left New York or been there your whole life? 
I left New York. I was, I lived in LA for three years actually. So I did my master's degree in LA and then worked in the entertainment industry for a bit and then came back. But yeah, wow, I, I New did. York to LA. So <laughs> yeah. she's not like Nancy and me, our, my podcast <laughs> producer. Nancy, you know, is in New York now. She's extremely talented, but she grew up in Arkansas and I grew up in Sweetwater. You went from New York to LA. That's like going from Louis Vuitton to, I don't know, <laughs> Valentino. Come on down, we'll teach you how to run some cows. <laughs> okay, enough. So we're actually gonna get on topic. So why am I calling this um, the horror, welcome to the horror story? Well, we were just talking beforehand and there is this stomach bug going around in the online industry and apparently it's catchable through the internet. So I've had it, Jamie's had it, some of our mutual acquaintances have had it. And um, then I referenced a couple of times I'm moving. And so I was crying earlier this morning because we're moving. So I look like Dax. So it's like a horror. The, whole, the Halloween edition. You actually look beautiful and those glasses <laughs> are so cute. So just so you know, and your hair is perfect. Thank <laughs> you. Okay, so let's talk words. Let's yeah, talk let's words. talk words. Absolutely. So I'm in. What, what makes copy hot? Your hot copy. Tell me what it means. Yeah, so what hot copy is, is it actually, it is communicating in a way that gets your clients excited. To me, that's what hot copy is. It's, it's your clients can actually feel your enthusiasm and your passion for what you do and why you care. Like your genuine caring and interest and like heart and soul. To me, that's what hot copy is. That's really the definition. It's like, yeah, it could be sassy and it could be cute and it could be attention grabbing. But really what grabs attention is when you're communicating in a way that really links up with what your clients and customers give a shit about. Sorry, yeah. am I allowed to curse on this? <laughs> you Absolutely. You probably would be kicked off if you didn't. So yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I have a potty mouth and it's one of those things where usually I, rec I remember to ask ahead of time when I get on someone's yeah. thing, like, is this, what's the rating here? Are we PG-13 or we are? What's okay and not okay? It's so. all okay. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> it's all okay. Yeah. It'll all come out in my mouth eventually. So yeah, fun. good. So, okay. So we talked about your like growing up in New York and the arts and obviously you're very talented, but when did the love of wordsmithing, what a dorky sounding word, wordsmithing, <laughs> hot copy, hot copying come into play? Um, it's, it's an interesting story. I've always been a writer. So as a kid growing up, I was like the person who was in her room journaling alone and I'm not even introverted, but I just always valued my alone time to kind of reflect and journal. I mean, I was eight years old writing about, I'm so nostalgic and memory, like weird stuff. Right. So I have stacks and stacks of journals. I was into poetry cause I was an angsty teenager. So poetry was my first love. But the, the reason that I got into copy, there were, there's two ways. I mean, one is that I have a background in the entertainment industry. I worked sure. in Hollywood for a while and you have to understand marketing and business to be in film, you, you know? And so my degree in film, my experience in film was in a lot of ways, a degree in the entertainment business. So we talked about packaging a film, how to market it. Um, and a lot of the practice that you get when you're in the industry is, is great. You have an entire feature film, but how do you pitch that? And how do you shrink that down into a way that's really digestible and understandable? So you're naturally thinking about marketability as you're developing story and developing content and developing projects, right? It's about marketable content. So that was kind of a natural transition for me. But also growing up, my father was an entrepreneur. So he had his own business. 
And he was kind of a serial entrepreneur in that he would always come up with new ideas and be buying domain names and like finding cute, you know, fun names for different business ideas that he had. And so that was kind of a shared, a shared passion that we had. That was a fun thing that we would do together. And I learned about marketing copy because back when he was in business, it, you know, live seminars were a huge thing, even before webinars were a thing, there was always, you know, copy and books and he had slide decks and presentations and, um, direct, literally direct mail was how he would get people to sign up, you know, like that was a thing. And I spent so much time helping him like look at the stuff or tweak it, or we would be as a family, we'd be like stuffing envelopes and things out. Um, so that's kind of where, for me, those two things eventually converged in, in business when I, you know, made my own film and had to work on distributing it digitally and paying attention to the digital market and realizing that so much of internet marketing was similar to what I recognized from entrepreneurship. And then it kind of just birthed this business. It's interesting to me, (coughs) excuse me, it's interesting, excuse me, it's interesting to me, one of the things that, um, I do with sales school students is I have them like we have a there's a waiting list usually and so when those people get the opportunity to buy early and so usually they come into the Facebook group early and I'll say I'm you know I'm not in here until sales school starts but you have an assignment I want you to go watch commercials and I want you to see what you're actually motivated to buy and why because you know we watch commercials for all different reasons, but I can see a diet Pepsi commercial, and I swear to you, I'm like, I need a diet Pepsi. And like with the eyes, like crushed eyes, then you know, or I can see a pizza commercial, and I'm like, yep, need some pizza right now. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so they'll start posting. Like I've never looked at just commercials like that. It's sort of like a, a switch that gets flipped. You know, like I love it. Everything is marketable content. Mm-hmm. And so last night we were watching, um, I pulled Hallianna's mattress from her bed out into the living room because we've got like less than a week here in our house and we're like camping out and we were watching an Indiana Jones movie. I don't know what it was, but she's like, oh wait, but watch this. I'm going to show you the trailer for this first and it's the worst trailer ever. She's <laughs> like, who would watch this based on the trailer? And I'm like, oh dear God. She is so my kid. Like, like, look at that font. It looks like superhero, not Indiana Jones. And I'm like, well, I never noticed that. But yes, in that specific trailer, it sucks, Aliana. It's everywhere. It is. It is everywhere. And I love that you're talking about Indiana Jones because this is just actually a coincidence. I mean, I love noticing coincidences. My boyfriend and I just watched the trilogy this weekend. We literally had an Indiana Jones marathon. I love it. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. We do that all the time. Like it'll be, we got snowed in here when we first moved to Arkansas. And, um, at that time, my daughter was into princesses and all these things, you know, Disney and Blake's like, it's time. And I'm like, um, for what? And he's like, we're going to let her watch Star Wars. And I'm like, I haven't seen Star Wars. And he's like, Bola. <laughs> and I swear to you, we watched all 550,000. And I was mad at myself because we've not put on a princess dress since then. But fast forward to Guardians of the Galaxy. This yeah. Last week, we went to Guardians of the Galaxy and they show a new Star Wars preview trailer. And I'm the one who's like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm like leaning forward and Blake's laughing. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the last Jedi. And Hallianna's like, yeah, mom, you're one of us. <laughs> That's okay, so way too much information. So I want, I'm curious about you live and breathe in 
a lot of really cool spaces, but in the online space where you see people's copy all the time from social media to when they hire you, what do you think the biggest mistake people make is? Specificity. Say more. So I think people tend to be really vague and not necessarily use their client language or, or get specific about their client or customer's experience. And I think that that to me is the death of sales. It's the death of attention grabbing. You have to know what, what is your customer actually thinking about. So if your customer is going to find you on social media and they're scrolling, like what goes on in their head? What's actually going on in their head? What keeps them up at night? What are they thinking about? Because if your content doesn't at least tap on that a little bit, tap on the struggles that they're having, even if the struggles that they're like consumed with at that moment aren't exactly related to the services that you offer, that's still going to be your way in. That's your brand. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I think that, um, one of the things that in upper level selling that we talk about is so um, the upper level selling ladies they're they're brilliant they're it's a higher um, a more successful entrepreneur and uh, um, Amy Smith actually pointed this out to me she's like the first three weeks you wore pearls and you were really reserved and then week four or maybe it was like three you taught us the Dr Dre tool and I have a Dr Dre copywriting <laughs> tool. Yes. And literally like we're going through the slides and I'm like, okay. And I hit play and it's, um, keep their heads ringing from like 1995. Yeah. That's what you want your copy to do. You want it to keep their heads nodding the whole time. And so they'll send me stuff and I'm like, yeah, Dr. Dre's not feeling it. <laughs> and now I want, I want you to have like a Dr. Dre radar. That's like, like oh, a, I love like it. And yeah, then a on one the and then this rank on the scale. Me though, because I'm not a copywriter, nowhere I'm not, but it's so interesting to me the, the way copy and sales cross at some paths you know, attention grabbing, um, client language. God, I, I went through somebody's copy this morning just really quickly as a favor, and I was like, hmm, okay, would your clients use those words before they worked with you? Because that sounds like torture to me, yeah, like, to go through and pull out all of the you know, pain that you've been sitting on and all these repressed beliefs. No, thanks. There's a reason I've avoided all that shit. <laughs> you know? Yep. I think it's, I think it's so true. So biggest mistake is, I can't say that word. Specificity. Yeah. It's being, okay. We'll say vague because it's okay, like, vague. That's, the opposite is that they're, they're being vague or they're not being specific and speaking to the experience that their clients are having what's going on in, in them. So, um, because I use, I mean, storytelling is, you know, my like geeky nerdy thing that I, yeah. I use to approach everything. So yeah. I'm always looking at like when we're talking about the problem that your clients are having and the obstacle to getting what they want, what are the different, like the, what are the different categories of obstacles? And that usually helps people brainstorm to get more specific. So yeah. I ask them like, what's the internal obstacle? What's the interpersonal obstacle? And what's the societal obstacle? Ooh, I love it. And that helps them think more specifically about like the, their actual customer's life and life experience and what's going on with them. So what goes on in their head, what goes on in their relationships and what goes on in the world around them that's keeping them where they are. Okay. So let's play this out a little bit just to make sure I need examples. So, um, let's use, uh, let's use selling cause that's my, that's the thing I know. So, and you, you're going to know this, you know, this world probably better than I do, but it's the stereotypical entrepreneur who's online, who, um, you know, trying to grow a business. So give me those three things again, those three. Sure. So let's say, so what are the, let's first identify. So the three, so <laughs> I'm 
I'm like, ooh, we're talking about storytelling now. So <laughs> just to back up for a second, the definition of story is, um, and usually when I'm teaching this, I like ask people and then have a conversation about it, but I'll just throw it out, is um, a character achieving a goal in spite of obstacles. So for us to identify the three pieces of story, we need the character, the goal, and the obstacles. So let's assume that the character is the entrepreneur. What is their goal in this situation? Like, is it- business that they love that makes a boatload of money. Got it. And helps others. Yeah. And that little thing there. <laughs> cool. Um, and so selling, so they have to be able to sell to do that, right? So that's like- that's The definition of selling is the exchange of money for a product or service. Without selling, your business is broke. Without selling, it's not a business. It's not a business. <laughs> it's a hobby. Business. That's right. It's a hobby. So they want to go pro by learning how to sell. Yeah. And the obstacle is that selling is challenging for them. And it feels um, gross. And lots of my customers hate it. They think it, they've been bulldozed or believe they've been bulldozed or pushed into a sale. Icky, sleazy, slimy, worried about rejection, worried about all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Great. So the internal obstacle in this case is the worries that they have around it and the stories they're telling okay. themselves around it. So internally, they're like, selling is wrong. Selling is manipulative. Selling is icky. Selling actually hurts other people. Yeah. Like they might, they might feel like they've been betrayed or hurt by a sale or that they've been, you know, that they were sold to at one point in their life and they had some kind of remorse around it. So they feel like it hurt them. So they feel hurt, like they're going to hurt others. So that's some of the internal stuff that goes on. Interpersonal might be, um, the actual social challenge of turning something into a sale. Like maybe okay. Okay. a relationship, but there's like a social challenge around it. It also might be other people in their lives that have a problem or feel threatened or that they feel like certain relationships would be threatened by them having success in their business. So that's an interesting okay. conflict. Um, so that's one. It could be their family. It could be maybe they have a bridge job and they're actually scared to let their bridge job go. So if they're okay. too successful, yeah. they're going to lose those people. So that's an interpersonal challenge. And then this is deeper than I've ever seen anybody go. <laughs> really good. And then um, the societal challenge would be, you know, who are they in society if they decide to be an entrepreneur? How does that change, you know, who they get to be in the world, for better or for worse, right? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So the problem, the societal problem is not Donald Trump because it usually is here on podcast. Can we make, bring it back to me, bashing you? I mean, that is just, that is a major societal problem right yes. now. No matter what you're trying to achieve, that is the problem. Although I will say, I said to like this weekend when I was sick and I was in the bed, I was like, the best entertainment has come out of this. I mean, yeah. like Trevor Noah or whatever his name is, it's Saturday Night Live. I'm like, I have not laughed this hard in forever. So, yep. you know, small wins. Okay. So societal problems. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> No, but that's, that's the basic gist of it. So those, I love that, that. that would be how you'd pull that out of that, you know, yep. customer client and what they want to achieve and then what's getting in their way. So here for the people who may be new to Jamie's work, which you probably knew to my work than Jamie's work, but what I love about this is for anybody who's heard me talk about where did Jamie start? She started with the definition of story, which I always start with the definition of selling. Like we got to get apples to apples, right? We got to compare apples to apples. And then she broke it down into such specific unvagueness. Yay! Awesome. <laughs> I love this. I'm so, oh my gosh, I want to kiss you on the mouth. Okay, so <laughs> let's talk about this then. 
Um, I want to be respectful of your time because I could talk all day. But so let's go back to the thing that initially, like when I got my attention, which is Instagram. Mm -hmm. When you're sitting down to write those damn good posts, <laughs> what got, I mean, like, how do you do it? Y'all, if y'all don't follow your hot copy on Instagram, you need to, because I'm telling you right now, you'll be like, heart, heart, heart. <laughs> so what, like, seriously, like, how do you do that? Well, there, there, so some of the content is sourced and a lot of the content is, is original. So okay. it depends on which pieces you're talking about. That's just the honest answer about the way that we've mapped out the, the whole Instagram strategy that we have going on right now. Um, but part of it is, you know, as you know, a big piece of my brand is comedy. Like we try to keep things light and funny and, um, and for me, my big rule in comedy is it has to be truthful. Okay. Which plugs right into your authentic selling, by the way. It does. It's, it's yeah. just like, we're all about truth. We're like, the truth is sometimes ugly and the truth is sometimes uncomfortable, but it's also really funny because it's relatable and everyone understands that stuff. So I write just honestly from a lot of stuff that comes, it, it'll come up and I'll just write a bunch of stuff and send it to my Instagram manager. It's so good. So it's not like I sit down and think, you know, oh, well, what would be funny? I literally am, am looking at other entrepreneurs and what they're going through, what they're experiencing, what I'm experiencing. And I just try to put words to what people are experiencing. It's so real. You capture the authenticity of it better than anybody I've ever seen. Like the, the, the fun part of it, the funny part of it. Yeah. But it's authentic. It's one of those things that I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's the crazy thought I had last I'm night. Crazy. That's so nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I am a bit of a political nerd, and so I love to read books about politicians, and um, my favorite politician ever is Bobby Kennedy, but one of the things that I do, sometimes this is almost embarrassing, is I go back and I look at, like, campaign speeches and how they sell, and um, I, I read this book recently, can't remember the name of it, oh, The Kennedy Brothers is what it was called. And they compared a little bit of the way John Kennedy spoke and commanded um, an audience to Bobby. And it was interesting to me just, and I'm sure it was just the differences in their personalities, but Bobby used a lot of self-deprecation, which I tend to do. Mm -hmm. And JFK was um, used just sort of commanded the room with his personality and with his whatever. And so I love that you just gave everybody permission to say, you can use him, him humor. You can use humor. <laughs> humor. You can use humor. You can use, you know, self-deprecation as long as you don't really believe that shit or whatever, you know? Like, mm -hmm. I love that because I feel like everybody tries to plug in a formula or oftentimes. And if the formula is not you, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to be true to you. And also, I love that you said that also because I think that there's a big thing with being online where people are trying to portray like this perfect version of oh my God, everything's so perfect and my business is super successful. And so that means that behind the scenes, it's always great. And like, I never have hard days and I'm never having meltdowns where I'm crying because something didn't go the way I wanted before I get over it and like get a new mindset and move on. You know, I think that there's, there's highs and lows to entrepreneurship, like, like a lot of things in life and um, trying to portray like that you have everything really like perfect and worked out and it's always, you know, a certain way. And I think with social media, there's a tendency to do that because we are typically yeah. showing our highlight reel. Yeah. So I just try to be honest about what actually goes on inside. I think that our most, or my most popular video that I've ever done, um, well, there's one about does sex sell? And I think that, no, does size matter? But that's probably not popular for the right reason. But the most popular one is where I talk about 
Well, today we got up and Helena didn't have clean underwear and I don't have on clean underwear. As a matter of fact, I don't have on any underwear because the laundry is stacked up to my, you know, my head and we have no food. So literally I'm like, do you want crackers or bread or, you know, I mean, it's just like, and this is life. Yeah. So I love it. So, okay. Do you typically work with at your hot poppy any range, like anywhere on the spectrum of just starting or, or do you typically work with? Yeah, brand new experience, all the above. Mm -hmm. um, we work in two different areas. So we do work, we, we write website copy for people who are either rebranding and they want their like new website, new version, new vision of their brand to be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> to be hot. To be hot. <laughs> to be sexy. So be we specific. do. Yeah. Specific. Yeah. <laughs> yes, okay. And Huma? Um, we ha we're not drunk by the way, just so you guys know, <laughs> we haven't actually had cocktails yet. Um, yet, yet being the operative word, <laughs> it's, it's Monday morning, but anything could happen. Whatever good stomach, Marcy, <laughs> it's a little alcohol. Yeah. Um, so we do, we do work with people who are working on getting their brand strategy figured out and their messaging for their overall brand. What's the okay. they want to be telling with their brand? What's the customer journey of their website? How to walk people through. Um, their it. website with copy in a way that makes sense. So we do the website stuff and then we also do the sales stuff. So launches, funnels, sales pages, um, leading someone to a sale. Got it. Um, and the strategy for each of those is, is different. The way yeah. that people interact with your site is very different than the way that, you know, the conversion strategy yeah. is different. It's all different. Yeah. So yeah. we do a little bit of both and we do sometimes get people who are newer to business who are just ready to have like a professionally written website. Um, but I would say that most people who come to us are at least a year in and they've probably self-written their copy before, but they're ready to kind of to, to have a professional do it or to get going. They've worked with enough clients where they're clear on the direction of their business and they know where they're going and they feel confident that, okay, well, having a, a copywriter really come in and make this amazing and professional and sexy and make me more, make me feel confident kind of putting myself out there and driving traffic to my website and all that stuff. Um, that they feel confident that that's going to stand the test of time for them. So that the, if they make that investment, it's going to be at least three years that before they need their copy redone. Right. It's fascinating to me too. And this is a, um, a bit of a confession, but in the, in the group that, that Jamie and I are a part of on Facebook, I, I, so first of all, I try to do, I think I can do anything. It's, it's stupid, but I do. And so all these people are talking about like, you know, having their copy written and, and I've worked with some amazing copywriters, but I was like, wait, no wonder I don't have time to go to the bathroom. <laughs> like, you're working with people like Jamie and I am sitting here like, um, how do you spell specificity or whatever? I mean, you know, like, like, how do I say this word differently? So it's, it's kind of like a, it's not a dirty little secret, but like the websites that you read, the coffee I have learned after six years, the coffee that you read that really is that Dr. Dre that you're like, I want that and I want that and I want that. Luckily, they didn't write it. They had somebody who was a brilliant wordsmith come in and take all the things that they knew and learned, but that's just not their zone of genius. And it's just sort of hitting me. That's sort of a realization I've had in the last few weeks is, huh, yeah. I've been working way too hard on this. You know? <laughs> well, you're, you're good at writing your own copy. I think that what's funny is a lot of our favorite clients are people who are really great writers, mm -hmm. but they, but they feel like we could take what they've already created as a foundation Absolutely. and like turn up the volume on it. Um, Absolutely. potentially in sales conversions with you, that's not the case because you're a sales professional. Um, but with other types of business owners, sometimes they're like great writers, yeah. but they don't know how to nail conversions. 
Um, yeah, well, and I have a lot of people, you know, who will come to me with really, and I'm going to respect your time, I'm going to shut up, but beautifully written copy. But there is a difference, and you referenced this already, there's a difference between sales copy mm -hmm. and copy, right? And so I remember my assistant and I got in a discussion about this when she first started working for me, and she's like, well, you can just have a copywriter do that. And I said, mm -mm, not just love copywriters, but not just any copywriter can, you know, I mean, can, can write sales copy. And she's like, well, what's the point? So, well, the point, they're two different points, right? And I don't think we talk about it enough. There's that leading people through the conversation on your website and the action you want them to take. And, and then there's launch copy, which is, I feel like, totally different. Mm -hmm. It is totally, totally different. different. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So, uh, let's see. Last thing. I've never asked anybody this, but since you're artsy, favorite Broadway play? <laughs> the first thing I'm just going to say the first thing that came to mind because I'm obviously pausing and overthinking this but the first thing that came to mind was Avenue Q which by the oh way my God. I don't even know I don't even know all the songs to Avenue Q or like listen to the soundtrack but it was the first thing that came to mind <laughs> because it's just so funny um did you see Book of Mormon I did see Book of Mormon, and that was the second thing that popped into my head okay. after Avenue Q. <laughs> so, um, when I saw Avenue Q the first time, I hadn't quite fully evolved as a human being, to say the least. I was pretty religious, I was pretty Bible Beltish, and I remember thinking, I don't get it. I really did get it, but I guess I didn't want to get it. And then, fast forward a few years later, we went to see Book of Mormon, and I was like, this is the fucking funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think they're both hysterical. The thing with Avenue Q that, and it's artistic, but with the people on the stage with the puppets, it weirded me out. I was like, mm -hmm. am I supposed to watch people? And clearly you're not because they're in Bracky. Right. <laughs> and this bothers me at Disney with the like fish and stuff and the aerial thing. I'm like, I don't want to see the people. It, it ruins it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Okay, cool. So if you have learned nothing else, you have learned that I have the biggest crush on Jamie. Like, I, here's a confession. As soon as we get off here, I'm firing off an email to uh, Jamie's assistant saying, yeah, let's make it happen. I want her to read the whole website. So there you go. Happening today. I love that. Um, okay. So anything, obviously, um, if you could give people, besides being specific, one piece of advice, let's say, let's start with the newer person, one piece of advice to really get their, their copy hot and converting and doing what it needs to do, what would that be? Talk to your clients and take notes on everything they say. Absolutely. Yep. I love it. And then for the person who is farther down the road, who may be at that, you know, multi-six figures, seven figures, what would, what would your piece of advice for them be? Unless they're obsessed with writing copy and they really love it, outsource that shit. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's what I was going to say. Hire that shit out. Yeah. Unless, it, like, unless you're like, oh, I have a new, a new thing I want to launch and I'm so excited about it and the words just flooded out of me and that's how I like, that's how I start my creation process is by actually writing it out. Unless that's how you work and that's what happens naturally for you. If you have to force yourself to sit down and do it, it's probably not something at that stage you should be doing yourself. Yeah, it's, yeah, and I will say it's funny because my team has been all over me about the deadline for this copy for sales school is like, you know, seven weeks past due and really it's probably six months. It, I'm like, I just can't do it. I don't know. I, I just cannot sit down and do it. Again, I've written it six times. I'm done. And I love sales school, but I don't want to approach it from the I'm done. I've written this shit six times. So, yeah. Okay, what cool. Do you, what do you change when you rewrite it six times? 
if I'm allowed to ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I should pull them all up. Well, I'm not, a, I was never, um, I don't think I'm a very good writer. So when I worked with Marie years ago, I can remember we were in the, the mastermind um, room in New York City and she was kind of pushing us all on our hot buttons and I was in my hot seat. And she went over and handed me a book and a piece of pen and said, a piece of pen, a book and a pen and said, write a blog post. You've got 20 minutes. And she didn't do anything like that with anybody um, else because their mails was so much further along. And I sat there and just bawled. Like I could not even get, I did not know where to start. And it was such an aha moment for me because if you can't write in the online business, you got there's a pro, you got to learn because we write so much you can't have somebody write a hundred percent of everything you do you just can't um you know write 80 percent of it 90 percent of it but you know if anyway and so i don't feel like i'm a great writer i also had a a web team tell me one time i was the worst writer they had ever worked with that's so mean so yeah he was he was an and ass. i'm sure it's not true uh, well but he was a total ass he was whatever but so each year i feel like i learn a little more and get a little better since it's not a skill set that i've really ever mastered so yeah i start that shit from scratch and that's probably a mistake mm. <laughs> <laughs> lessons learned here um okay well, so Everybody who is watching or listening, where can you find Jamie? First of all, follow her on Instagram. What's the handle? It's is at it your hot copy. At your hot copy. Go. Do that now. I promise you'll be like, 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 like. <laughs> and then go to yourhotcopy.com and check out Jamie because I'm telling you what, there are a lot of amazing copywriters and we've had some here, but just listen to her background. She's been telling stories since she was eight. This is why she's so good. It's natural. It's an eight in her. And don't grab your spot ahead of me. She's come right. I'm emailing her now. So. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. I cannot, I can't thank you enough. Um, Yourhotcopy.com. We'll have it in the, whatever the copy for this uh, podcast. And thank you for being here. It's a total pleasure. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So, I believe in you and I believe in your business. Seriously, if a hick from Tennessee can do this, you can go do it.